Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, happy Easter. How's your Easter going so far? Oh, happy Easter, Nelson. I know, pretty low-key. I have no traditional Easter dinner and I don't get to see the rest of my family so we're just getting ready to eat paneer over here tonight and some naan. How about you? I'm really curious to see what the ham sales are after this weekend. If it's down or how significantly down it is because nobody is gathering for large dinners, family dinners. I'm just wondering who bought hams this year? Right. I'm more interested in eggs because I don't know if you remember about two (laughs) or three weeks ago on the news, they were announcing that there was an egg shortage because everybody was buying chicks. And so I've been watching for eggs because, you know, I've been cooking a little bit at home and then, but eggs have been around. So I I don't know what that's about. They said egg shortage, but eggs are like really plentiful. Now flour is, is flour and and yeast. We saw some of our friends looking for yeast earlier. So, but no, eggs are fine. It's very weird. Flour, because a lot of people are obviously baking at home more. I saw chicken wings. The price of chicken wings have lowered because there's no March Madness. There's not a lot of people (laughs) eating while watching basketball. And so there is a surplus of chicken wings. So that's another plus too. Go figure. Well, you know, I'm just waiting for 4th of July when the price of fireworks and alcohol go down. I'm there. (laughs) all about it (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) everybody's thinking about flour eggs and chicken wings and monica's here thinking about fireworks hey man quarantine madness you know how it goes (laughs) i actually had to go out for some beer (laughs) this weekend we'll get to that later Yeah, it's kind of weird. Obviously, I'm trying to limit my trips outside. I did go out on Saturday because I (laughs) had to get drive through Boba for the last time. And I did pick up some takeout. And then I also threw in a grocery shopping trip too as well. I think that's the next trip probably for the next, I don't know, five days, six days Mm -hmm. because I don't need anything. If I do need, let's say I need maybe some cheese or something like that. I'm not going to just go out just to buy cheese and come back. I'm it's going to be something where I'm going to have to load up everything. So I'm just going to do without that cheese or totally something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not doing without beer, Nelson. I just, (laughs) (laughs) beer and cheese is not the same thing. Like I was like, yeah, I need some beer. <laughs> and and it was really helpful that you brought me some last week. But, you know, it's a new week, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to have to get on the beer delivery schedule. But, yeah, that's coming soon, too. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's let's get on with the show. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is the Seattle Foodie Podcast, episode 83. She's Monica. I'm Nelson. Welcome to the show, all you listeners, all you awesome, fabulous, quarantining listeners. Monica, we've got a great show. I thought we were going to have a short show this week. Looking at our notes and just our itinerary, we got a lot to cover. I know. Nelson, this is our 83rd show. And I have to say, you've been saying that for a year and a half. I think it only happened once where it was actually a short show. (laughs) (laughs) True. Very true. (laughs) So Monica, why don't you kick off the show for us? 
Absolutely. We're going to start today by telling you about the world's biggest virtual brunch. So as you know, we all have been indoors for quite some time and companies are looking for different ways to connect with their customers. So friends of the podcast, Blazing Bagels, Seabear Smokehouse are partnering with Uli's Famous Sausage for the world's biggest virtual brunch on Facebook Live. And it's going to be on Sunday, April 19th at 10.30 a.m. You can join them for a toast, a tasty brunch, fun activities, and an amazing giveaway. Now, we had a sneak peek to hear what it is. You won't want to miss it. Starting today, when you hear this, you can reserve your brunch kit on www.seabearsmokehouse.com. And then your kit will be mailed to you. You can choose from a classic Seattle brunch or the Pike Deluxe brunch kit, which will be shipped as soon as possible so you can have it in time for the virtual event. So order right away. On top of that, starting on Wednesday, April 15th, you'll be able to order these ahead from Blazing Bagels if you want to pick it up in person. So it sounds like a really fun event and really good food, Nelson. Monica, I want the Pike Deluxe Brunch Kit because that includes the Yuli Sausage. Can't say no to Yuli Sausage, so I have I to do the Pike Deluxe Brunch Kit. I know. It's got four of them. Four That's of them. That's right. Yes, yum. You're currently running a giveaway. What are you giving away from this? Oh, yeah. I'm giving away a Pike Deluxe Brunch Kit, so the one that you want. So you better enter, Nelson. And that giveaway ends today at noon. <laughs> <laughs> And you guys, we are also going to run a giveaway after Monica is completed with her. So make sure you look for our giveaway on the Seattle Foodie Podcast account on Instagram. Absolutely. What a great way to really connect with people. And the Brunch Kids just take it over the top. And we're such a great partners, too. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really fun event on Sunday. I know. I'll see you there, Nelson. All right. <laughs> Monica, let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. We've got carrots and shallots, noodles and rice. Pasta just cooked that's sitting in ice. We may have kitchen hiccups, but that's why we get pickup. While we're all quarantining, what are we eating? <laughs> Did you write that? Did you like our jingle? Yeah, it's pretty cute. <laughs> it's <very> Nelson. <laughs> oh, wow. That took some time. Now you spend the whole week doing that. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I had a long shower the other day and I thought, I think our what are we eating segment needs a jingle. And Aww. so I made one up earlier today. <laughs> it's very cute, Nelson. Yeah. I do all my deep thoughts in my shower. Yeah. It's my only alone time at this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what you've been eating in the last week, Nelson? <laughs> So this week I went grocery shopping, as I told you, I loaded up on vegetables and I filled up my fridge basically to the brim. I, I was a little bit concerned because I couldn't close my fridge all the way. So I had to play a little Tetris and move things around. <laughs> I bought five pounds of pork butt to make more barbecue pork because I loved it and I needed more of it. I The first batch was kind of a test batch. So after kind of fixing the recipe a little bit, I bought a little bit more. I made a goal to... Basically try and cook something different I've never done before each day. Almost made it. I think it was about five out of seven days. My friend made Szechuan peppercorn soup that she thought was way too spicy for her. So I picked it up on Monday and I I made noodles out of it using mm. Taiwanese guaman, which is a type of noodle from Taiwan. I bought it, I think, at an Asian supermarket. It could have been 99 Ranch. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. And I just had it in the pantry. The next day I found a can of Spam in my pantry. So I used that as well as the barbecue pork I had left. And I made a meat lovers. Meat lovers, Monica, <laughs> fried rice. 
I basically <laughs> threw everything in there. It had shrimp, ground beef, barbecue pork, some leftover chicken, spam. If it was a protein, it was going in, in my <laughs> fridge. If I had corn dogs, I would have thrown it in because I knew I was making five pounds of new barbecue pork the next day. <laughs> I also made Joe's special. Have you ever had Joe's special before, Monica? Um, no, I usually watch you order it, but <laughs> I don't order it myself. <laughs> I don't know why. It is like my breakfast du jour every time I see it on the menu. Whenever I see it, it's just I have to order it. Is this is the first time I ever made it. It's it's pretty easy. The first time I had it was at the Brown Bag Cafe. They had like giant portions. I'm talking Jack and the Beanstalk giant portions. It's mm. it comes out, it's like a plate full of spinach, ground beef, and eggs, and it's just a mouthful of just goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sounds like a lot. Yeah. Going along with the theme of vegetables, I don't know why. I looked at the and I saw Napa cabbage and I decided I'll pick up a Napa cabbage and see what I can make out of it. And I remember seeing my friend's feed, Insatiably Epicurious's feed. She was making this thing called nabe, which is mm -hmm. a Japanese hot pot dish. Have you heard of that before, Monica? Yeah, I don't cook a lot of Japanese food, but yeah. No, but it looked really intriguing and it looked really pretty. Basically, you stuffed pork belly in between the Napa cabbage leaves and then you filled the pot up and then you just basically boiled it with a dashi type broth. And mm -hmm. oh, so delicious. So that was really fun to make. And I've never done it before. And then finally, to end the week, I used my big bag of spinach because you can tell there's a spinach theme to it. And I made a frittata just right now. Shout out to Dimitri's Bloody Mary mix. They, get, they sent me a Bloody Mary package with sausage pepperoni as well as some rim salt and a Bloody Mary mix. And I made a Bloody Mary to go with my frittata today. Mm, yum. Sounds delicious. And also the frittata had spinach too as well. <laughs> <laughs> did it have spinach? <laughs> it did. It did. It's just not Costco, but it's everywhere. Whenever you buy baby spinach, it's a giant bag of spinach. I know. It's weird because I was like, oh, I just need maybe eight ounces, but they give me 32 yeah. ounces of spinach. It's like, I don't need 32 ounces of spinach. Yeah. I don't need all that. You got to find it like someplace like Central Market over by me. They actually sell it like as much as you want. So oh. it's kind of cool because, yeah, it's too yeah. much for me, too, because I'm the only one in the house that eats spinach. Yeah, this is true. I did get some takeout, though, Monica. Saturday, it was sad to say drive through Boba's last day for real. They've been saying it's been their last day for a while, I think for the past month. But this past Saturday was their last time. And I got their sea salt creamed iced coffee. And then also Saturday, Yelp was promoting Yelp's Big Night Inn. And they were trying to get as many people to support local restaurants Saturday night. I was craving shawarma. And the best place to get it in the east side area is probably the Mediterranean Kitchen. Just a stone's throw away from drive through Boba. Their portions are huge. It literally... My chicken shawarma weighed about four pounds, Monica. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a lot. You're having an Avengers moment. I know. It was. It's about three meals, literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's basically what I've been eating. I don't know. What about you? I don't know. It sounds like you eat a lot of meat. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, Nelson. Um, let's see. Keeping in my theme of uh, supporting a local business every day. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. So uh, let's see. I got takeout from Kid Valley because honestly, everybody needs a few garlic fries in their life and ballpark's not open. So Kid Valley always has them and they're so delicious. And I found out you get 50% off your first online order through their website. So that was a score for my whole family. I also stopped by to carry out El Sabor 
And that's a neighborhood favorite. And I always get the taquitos platter. Um, I just love the like the crispiness of the taquitos and they're really good. And they have awesome takeout menus. I mean, I have to say most people have like these, you know, flimsy paper menus. They have some like glossy, high quality menus with good pictures and descriptions. And so that's something you can keep in your house all the time. My friend lives literally on the other side of the street from you. <laughs> and so I have been to Takiri El Sabor. Do they still have menudo on the weekends? They're currently not doing it. So, I mean, they, okay. they usually do still have a special. Like when I was there, I saw they had a pozole special. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, obviously a lot less traffic in there. Usually it's packed. But, you know, when we went, um, really, we were the only ones in there uh, to order. So, yeah, but they 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 do make menudo from time to time, and and they're really great about having specials. I, I had it once, and I was in love with it. Oh and yeah, I was, yeah, it's so good. And Kid Valley, their fried mushrooms are the mm -hmm. best I've ever had. Yeah, I haven't had anything better than the Kid Valley fried mushrooms. No, the thing about theirs is the mushrooms are dried out a little bit, so they're not all like gushy when you try to fry them on your own, and they hold up mm -hmm. like the shape and the texture. I mean, that's the difference with their mushrooms compared to everybody else's. Yeah. All right. What else are you, what All else right. have you been getting takeout? <laughs> Let's see. Chicken katsu, uh, because my son and I cannot resist during the week. So that was from teriyaki time. We already talked about them before. And Nelson, I stopped by your friend's place, Urban Family Brewing, for some sour beer, which you can order line and pick awesome. up. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I just could not resist at all. And then when I heard that you could order online, it was that easy. Um, definitely did it. And they had a really great system set up for social distancing. So they had all these barrels set up. They had all these cattle guards up so that people would weave in and out and you could space properly. So that was awesome. And while I was there, I ran into Nacho Mama's food truck. So I had my favorite street corn nachos with pork belly. And they were also making desserts. And they blessed me with a white chocolate mango blondie. So wow. I love, they always have a dessert on the truck. And I really love that because again, like desserts is one of the things like I love to have. And people usually include as an afterthought. But they make really great hot sauces and desserts. So that's Nacho Mama's food truck. And let's see, the last stop this morning was at Sawyer to pick up some monkey bread and huckleberry coffee cakes. So same thing. You can order online. The monkey bread is only on Sundays. It was so delicious. And I've been craving sweets and I haven't been baking much. So I think this week I'll be baking a little bit more because my family's starting to complain. Um, they don't even have social media. So I don't know how they know that everybody else is baking. Probably because there's no flour in the area. <laughs> Whatever. So yeah, I'll be baking you guys. <laughs> oh and cooking yeah yeah yeah. i was gonna point out that you are having a sweet theme because you had the chocolate mango blondie and then you've got the sawyer monkey bread and huckleberry coffee cake by the way next time if you go to sawyer monica get the savory because if they have the porchetta you have to get that oh so good their porchetta is amazing Oh, totally. Um, they have a modified menu that's day by day. So it's really mm -hmm. like a lot of the dishes that I wanted to try on the regular menu are not there. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure, though, that's definitely on my list. Yeah. Uh, in terms of cooking, I've been doing just routine stuff, so I haven't really been posting it on Instagram. But I did make mango sago a week or so ago, and uh, I decided to freeze the rest into popsicles. So those came out of the freezer. And the sago I was saw that. Yeah. Right? Right? I got so many messages about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, Wait. this is this is very uh, 
Wow, I'm impressed, Monica. When I was watching the story, I was like, I'm really impressed, Monica. <laughs> um, I thought that the sago would get hard from the freezer because, like, if you freeze tapioca, it gets hard because the temperature as well. But the sago, I think, just because it's smaller and a little bit different, um, it had really good texture. So I'm going to modify this recipe to add a little bit of dairy because currently it's a vegan made with coconut milk. But I, I think for me, I would like to have either some heavy cream or some half and half in there because it was slightly too icy for my my taste but yeah not, not bad for a first try so um yeah i was pretty excited that came out pretty good i mean i'm not ready to go into business or anything but, <laughs> but um <laughs> so yeah that's about it for me um yeah i'm feeling pretty fat <laughs> i feel the same way monica okay. The workouts are just not going as well as I, they normally are. They just mm-hmm. really aren't. It's just I wake up a lot later now. I'm working from home. I've always worked from home, but now I just I can't go out. We can't go out to events, Monica. This, there's no breaks in my day where I can yeah. just go out and meet up with you for dinner or mm-hmm. go to some cocktail event. It's, there's nothing like that. So I'm just kind of, okay wake up around 10 (laughs) check my email start working and then eventually eat lunch probably around maybe i don't know three o'clock four o'clock i don't know it's i lost track of time it's just weird like that i know the podcast is one of the few things that helps me to keep track of the days um but yeah i'm feeling (laughs) bloated and fat all the time i'm just like oh my god just stop already but then i'm just like oh cinnamon rolls squirrel okay (laughs) i totally get you because i'm cleaning the house a little bit i was like oh i found protein shakes maybe i should drink those nah i'm not gonna drink them i'm not gonna drink them i'll go make some rice they're just gonna get (laughs) i'm just gonna make some pasta (laughs) totally totally oh my gosh that's the good thing i guess we are still eating pretty well right we're (laughs) still you and I are getting takeout. We're ma- we're we're experimenting with a lot of recipes. Trust me. I mean, if we weren't ever quarantined, would you have ever made mango sago popsicles? No, that is too no. time consuming. But I'll tell you this, Nelson. What this is like? This is like winter hibernation all year round. Year round instead of getting ready for like beach body time. There's no beach body time. Oh, yeah. We're not going to be allowed no. out of the house. So we're all just in hibernation mode. It's just like okay, well, yeah, a few pounds here or there. It's not a big deal. Twenty pounds later. <laughs> Oh, man. It's very true because when things will may potentially get normal again, people are going to be outside and they're going to be 15 pounds heavier outside. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. they're going to want to keep their shirts on. Right now is the best time to get in summer shape. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a big some banana bread, so. (laughs) (laughs) And I I have some yeast, so who knows what's going to happen with those. Yeah. I got a lot of pasta that needs some cooking, so yeah, that's going to be the same thing. <laughs> were, were you one of those pasta hoarders, Nelson? <laughs> no. Remember when we went to that Tutabella event and they gave us pasta and a big giant can of tomato sauce? Yeah, I ate it a long time ago. <laughs> no, it's, it's still there. It's still in my pantry because it doesn't expire. So I'm going to make it. I'm going to use that to make pasta. It does expire. <laughs> <laughs> well. I think it's still I think it's still within the good use by date. So we're good with oh, that. Oh, we're we're saving all our expired stuff just in case this is the zombie apocalypse, just in case. Like <laughs> like yeah, that's our last resort. But like, you know, five years from now, if we need it, we can eat it. 
like Rick Grimes style, like with the can opener and everything. <laughs> what are you eating? Brown. <laughs> okay. What's our next segment, Nelson? Monica, unfortunately, I do not have a jingle for this next segment. But we kind of were thinking through the week, like, well, what should we talk about for this show? And one of the things we came up with is what will our food life and food events look like after the stay-at-home mandate is lifted? Mm-hmm. When Governor Inslee has given it the okay, because let's just face it, guys, I'm trusting Governor Inslee more than Donald Trump at this moment. <laughs> when he says, okay, people are going to be starting to go out again, restaurants will be open and we can sit down. What's it going to look like? What are we imagining? And I kind of you know, I kind of did that whole <laughs> kind of go into is, the man. future. <laughs> people know what it is. People still know what that is. No. <laughs> you and I go and each take our own DeLorean and kind of see what, what the future is going to look like. And for me, real talk, Monica, I'm, I'm going to be realistic here. I'm going to follow the science. I might be throwing some frigid cold water on some people. We're not going to have a vaccine probably until next year. So life social distancing is going to be here for a while. So hunker down, guys, and just get used to it. For food events, here's what I'm envisioning. Instead of two hours for an event, maybe it's instead of like, okay, we're going to do this event from 12 to 2 p.m. It might be six or eight hours and attendees might have to purchase tickets for different time slots. So it could be from 12 to 2 or two to four, four to six, six to eight, et cetera, et cetera. And you're going to have to purchase them for the time slot that you want. And they'll only allow a certain amount of people at a time. So this is what I'm envisioning, Monica. There's going to be more rigorous itinerary. You're going to have tables set up for each vendor and each person is going to stay at one table. And then you're going to get your sample. You're going to eat, maybe ask a question or two with the vendor. And then someone will ring a bell or a whistle or something like that. And then you'll move. Everybody moves to the right to the net to a different table. So the vendor stays at the same and the attendee goes to the other table and then they sample their sample and then they go in 30 second increments. What are you thinking? What do you think about that? I'm thinking like, this is like speed dating. (laughs) Right. Kind of like that. What if, what if you don't want to go to the table though? Because you know me, like I don't go to all the tables. Like, do you have to go? Like, is it, is it that one awkward moment where it's just like, no, no, I'm good. Yes. I think you're just going to have to sit there in silence and look at your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend for a little bit. That's that's no, what you're going to have to do I'm, until I'm the next 30 seconds it. goes. I'm not doing no, it. You, because you just can't skip to the next vendor right away. I mean, I this do is what the I social, like. We're social distancing. <laughs> this is what's going to happen for social distancing from here on out. Not doing you it. have to stay in, stay in your lane until you move over. Yeah. That's that's right up there with you sending me, uh, tagging me on IG stories to do push-ups. Not doing it. <laughs> that awkward stare off with the X. Oh man, so painful, so painful. Okay, that's not a bad idea though, because yeah, I, I don't know how that would work. I mean, well, usually there's you know 120, 150 tables, so yeah, it could work, Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the mandatory, like, going to the table thing. There should be, like, a pass. Like, you can pass and go into the penalty box. You can. I mean, you just can't have two people. Yeah. Two attendees at one table at a time because you're in their bubble. You have to, you have to make sure that you're spread apart. Now, for restaurants, I'm I'm guessing there's probably going to be half as many tables. 
because they're going to be more spaced apart. So it'll be harder to get a reservation. And for me, I think a lot of restaurants will have to change their philosophy. They're either going to have to go on polar opposite directions. So maybe some restaurants will have to go more upscale because they have less patrons to serve. So they'll probably have to up their menu prices and maybe do like a higher price prefix menu. Or you go the polar opposite and they serve more on the go options. Maybe they take away seating and it's only standing room only and you're not there for a long time. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in like Rome and they have really small pizza shops, you would get your slice, they would heat it up and then you would just kind of go off to the side and eat it along the, the ledge there that they have. And then after you're done eating, you just leave. And that's basically, you're, you're not sitting there. You're not setting up shop, logging into their Wi-Fi and working from there. You just basically eat and go. I'm, I'm thinking that's kind of, they're, they're serving more patrons. You're not there for as long. I think that's kind of one of the options that that's going to happen. You saying that, I didn't think about this, Nelson, but I wonder whatever happened to all those people who use coffee shop Wi-Fis to work and didn't have Wi-Fi at home. <laughs> Like, what happened to those people? <laughs> I think they're all making Dalgona coffee. That's what <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, I mean, I think I, I've thought about that, too, like um, standing tables where there are no seats. And, you know, that's a concept for some places. But, yeah, that that could work pretty well uh, where you just eat and then you go. Yeah. No, no hanging around. You can come in, but you can't stay. <laughs> Oh my All goodness. those people that made up those rules about no loitering, this is their time to shine. This is their time to shine right now, Monica. <laughs> their time is coming. It's here. It's here. <laughs> you go now. You no come back. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that plenty. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you? What about you? What What's your future look like, Monica? <laughs> I, I think that you're right, Nelson, in terms of being in, you know, going through this longer. You know, thinking about how we got to this point where at some point, you know, less than 500 people for gatherings, and it kept getting smaller and smaller. I think we'll ramp back up that way. So it'll it'll be a while, and I I think that with you know we have to be honest about like food businesses. Like some of them just aren't going to make it. And that's why they mm -hmm. need our support now and they'll need us again later. So there's like two different stretches, right? And those that stay in business might be doing business very differently, like you're saying. And, you know, stay at home has allowed some businesses to be really creative and try some things that they never considered before. I mean, you know, some of the higher end restaurants, some of the sushi restaurants doing omakase to go right now, like that wasn't ever a thing. Like that was never going to happen. It's totally happening now. Mm -hmm. And I think some businesses are gaining a lot of popularity with the strategy and may stick with it. So thinking about some of the food kits that are coming out where it's like a complete dinner for your home for less than $100. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And some places had to build infrastructure to be able to do different things like online ordering. Like, you know, you ask, oh, like, you know, why didn't people have online ordering before? Well, I mean, some people can do it through their uh, point of point, point of sale machines um, with those companies. And then some people just didn't have an infrastructure to do it. So, you know, is your option a third party? Usually is. Um, it's just which third party. So it took a while to build that. But now that they have it, it's going to be a lasting investment for some of them. And it's going to be a struggle for businesses to capture the attention of the public again. Right now, we're all at home. And, and so there's no space between professional like business work time and personal time. So we're on social media a lot. 
But I see it being a lot more competitive on social media to get everyone's attention um, as businesses are getting back to normal. And some places are going to take a while to reopen because think about all the inventory that was lost or inventory that was repurposed, right? So some Mm -hmm. people have been doing different things with their inventory. um, And so they're not all stocked up. And then this goes all the way to like farms right now. And this entire supply industry has been disrupted. Did you hear that they were throwing milk out at the dairies? Because like there's no place for this milk to go. Schools are closed, right? Yeah. 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 No, I didn't. I didn't know about this part, the whole dairy issue. But there was a tweet I read that was I think it went viral. And they said. If you guys are shopping at Amazon and all eating out at all the big stores and all the big restaurants, when this is all said and done, all those big places are going to survive. And so when we're done, all we're going to be able to go eat is Cheesecake Factory and Olive Garden Mm -hmm. because we're not supporting the small businesses right now. And so if we support the small businesses right now and then they survive this and then they reopen again, then (laughs) they'll be open. But mm-hmm. if we're going to be shopping, continuously shopping at Amazon and all the big boxes, this is what's going to survive. And this is what we're going to have at the end. Totally. And um, so so I guess I'm going to wrap this portion of it up. But the main thing I, I want folks to know is that there's a reason why we should be supporting all the small food businesses today and then later. It's because of all the things that we don't think about when we walk into a restaurant and we order dinner and we have that experience, there's tons of things behind that, like the entire chain. And so it's all impacted. And so, yeah, I just wanted to sort of walk through a little bit so people get like why it's important. Food events are going to be different for a while, as you already talked about. Nelson, you did a really great job of that. I think if people are really good, like I think how people behave this weekend will be a really good test because it was so beautiful as a holiday weekend. Um, I think people have been doing a good job, but things could come back before the end of the year but if we have some you know some some glitches here and there it could be 2021 because what we forget is we're just talking about washington right now everybody stay at home so like there's no tourism people coming to washington or leaving washington but we so we have to keep an eye of like the states that were behind us like washington was the first state where we were like seeing like huge numbers and so other states might be seeing that in the future and so there's this whole interrelationship of all the states as well so best case scenario i hope before the end of the year a worst case scenario could go into 2021 so sad Mm -hmm. pandas are we really doing a good job? I guess we are. <laughs> the reason I'm saying that is because I had to wait for my food for a little bit at Mediterranean Kitchen. So I decided uh-huh. to go down to the downtown Bellevue Park mm-hmm. and I saw tons of people out there. You're okay to get a walk in mm-hmm. and just, but I saw tons of people, two people throwing the Frisbee around, another person throwing the football around with another person, probably their roommate or whatever it is. I'm I'm always assuming that when it's two people that are throwing the baseball or tossing the football around, it's probably their roommate or their significant other or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I, I know we can't swear, but gosh dang it, if if you just called your friend and was like, hey, let's toss the football around. Oh, yeah, I'll meet you there. I'm going to be mm-hmm. so pissed at you. I'm going to be so <laughs> mad right now. So yeah. I saw stories, Instagram stories. I know your family doesn't live with you. Why are you guys getting together at Easter? You shouldn't be doing that. Even Governor Inslee said you shouldn't be doing that, but oh, totally. Oh, what are you invincible? Okay, sure. Yeah, but it just it just it just makes me mad. You've had three, four weeks to perfect this, and you still can't get this right. I don't know. No, totally. Maybe you do deserve the Darwin Award. I don't know. 
Whatever. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, I mean, I, I haven't been paying as much attention to the stories this weekend because I've been busy. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are doing a good job and a lot of people are making decisions that are risky. And, you know, we, we can't control everybody and people are doing what they think is right. And, and I think that's different for everyone. And um, like, you know, I don't know if Bellevue Park is closed. You know, all the biggest parks in Seattle are closed this weekend and they shut down the parking lot so that people can't park there. And um, the police have been, you know, roaming around and just double checking and stuff. But, you know, for the most part, all the other parks are open and people are free to use them. Just, you know, all the parking lots are closed. They want you to walk there to ride your bike there or something. But yeah. um, So, yeah, I don't know if Bellevue Park is open or closed. Okay. well. Let's get off our soapbox again. <laughs> so, Monica, we do have an interview. This one is a fun one. I was listening to it before we started our show today. Tell us about it. Today, we're welcoming our friend, Annie Wynn, back. She is Annie underscore eats food on Instagram, and she's coming back to the show. Annie's been cooking up a storm at home and, well, partially because because of quarantine. And here's our interview with Annie. <laughs> Hey, everybody. We're here today with Annie Wynn, known as at Annie underscore eats food on Instagram. Annie is a well-known Seattle foodie and home cook. And in case you missed her first time on our show, check out episode 29. Please welcome back to the show, my girl, Annie. Hey, what's up? What's going on, guys? Oh, Annie girl, it feels so weird not to be in the same room with you for not one week, not two weeks, but like three four weeks now yeah I definitely feel like it's been like a little bit over a month Mm -hmm. you know I've been off of work for like three weeks now so Mm -hmm. I think I'm going a little crazy at myself (laughs) totally and so the podcast must go on so it's been over a year since we had you on the show and recently it's hard not to notice that you have been killing it in the kitchen and that's partially due to the quarantine right so let's talk a little bit about your home cooking. Where do you get your inspiration for cooking at home? Let's see. I think it all started like back home. If you guys didn't know, I'm actually from Hawaii originally. Um, what? I think, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think it all started with being raised by my like grandparents and my grandma um, basically cooking every day. That kind of inspired me to really learn how to cook and Growing up in an Asian household, I think a lot of you can relate to this. There's no such thing as measurement. Everything is by taste. Everything is by eyeball. So I think growing up with my grandparents, it kind of inspired me to cook, to learn how to cook more. And basically, that kind of inspired me to really cook more at home. It's, it's a healthier health choice, but also um, it's fun and it kills time. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, I've noticed you've been upping your game. In terms of like role models, who you look up to uh, for cooking at home, I mean, I think we all have people that we gravitate towards that we can learn from and sort of get tips from. Who are some of those people that inspire you? You know, it's definitely my grandma. I know I can name a bunch of chefs out there that I really look up to, but it's really start with your family. You know, my grandma, you know, coming from a third world country, well, not anymore, Vietnam, you know, she didn't really have anyone that taught her how to cook. She's Mm -hmm. a self-taught person. She taught herself how to cook. And it's just being able to play with what you have inside your home. She wasn't raised with money or anything. And whatever she had in her fridge, she just makes it happen. So 
like I said, I can name a bunch of chefs that I look up to, but really it's my grandma that I look up to and she taught me everything I know. Mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, my mom is that person for me where again, doesn't measure anything when it's coming dinner time. She's just looking around like what's in the kitchen. It's not like pulling out a recipe, you know, I mean, that that's just not something that's happening. It's just like, what do we have in the house and what are we going to eat? And exactly. so, no, I, I, to- I totally get that. I mean, it took me a long time to, uh, to learn how to cook based on feeling and taste and sort of, it, it's like when you look at these ingredients, they just all sort of come together and you can picture what you're going to be making, right? Exactly. No, I totally agree with you. It sometimes, even if I look at like a certain recipe that I'm like interested in, it's more of like, well, their taste bud is probably a little bit different than mine. You know, what if I want more garlic? What if I want more salt? I'm going to add it based on what I want and what my taste is. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And then for me, I mean, I think, you know, the thing about growing up in Hawaii, and and you'll agree with this, is that it's a mishmash of cultures. And so we learn how to cook all different kinds of food. And, you know, there are types of cuisine that I didn't have where I grew up, because I'm from the country, really, I mean, like from the hills in, in the big island of Hawaii. So like, there's certain kinds of food that I never got to taste until I moved to the mainland. So for you, is there any type of cuisine that you still want to master that you want to work on a little bit? I think it's more, I'm not a big baker. And mm-hmm. I think with quarantine, that's something that I kind of want to master more is the baking side of it. Baking, it's a little bit different from just cooking like savory food, um, regular food. It's more of like a precise measurement. Mm-hmm. This really can really mess up when you're putting the yeast in the flour. Are you over like kneading it? Baking during this quarantine is definitely something that I do want to practice more and really try to master the art of it mm-hmm. of course it's not gonna come easy and you know I posted like I think a couple of weeks ago about my sourdough oh man that was a stressful day I was not doing a great job and I was like oh well I feel very defeated but that's something that I need to know to kind of practice and practice because as you know bread is really difficult to make yeah I mean that that makes me sad that you felt defeated because you can do anything and I think that you're right. Baking is a lot more sciencey. That science part of cooking, where yeah, mistaking baking soda or portions uh, for baking powder, like it really does matter in terms of the reactions that you get uh, when you're baking. So I totally get you. But um, I have no doubt you're going to master the sourdough. And hey, did you name your sourdough starter? Because that's a thing. Yeah, of course. I. <laughs> it's funny <because laughs> with my coworker, and she was like. Well, what are you gonna name it? I'm like, well, I think Penelope. I think Penelope, <laughs> great name. I already have a boy at home, as you guys know. It's Mochi, you know, and Riley, of course. Mm-hmm. But Penelope, I need another female. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Okay, so for a while there, there wasn't a lot of uh, home cooking on on your page, and then now you've recently come back to it, and it's during quarantine, so you were just talking about some of the baking, but overall, like, in terms of how you cook, has anything changed about the way you cook during quarantine versus the way you did before, like, you know, how you source ingredients, how you put your menus together, all that kind of stuff? A little bit of yes and no. Um, my cooking style definitely haven't really changed. Maybe incorporating more desserts. I am cooking more in terms of like it's every day and not mm-hmm. like 
every two or three days. Having Riley at home as well, like it totally had changed me because I don't know sometimes what I want to eat and I have to ask him and really going out there, finding the ingredients. As you know, there's a shortage in eggs sometimes, flour right now, even sugar. Mm -hmm. So not having those items, like I have to really play around and really go into my culture and trying to cook some of the Vietnamese dishes that I was brought up. So a little bit of yes and no, Mm -hmm. probably cooking more, absolutely. But that's what we have to do. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm cooking every day too. And it's been a long time since I've cooked every day. My job has been really stressful. But uh, because I'm home with Cole, my son, I've been trying to cook him at least one meal a day, like for lunch, because if I don't cook him some food, he's just going to end up eating top ramen, which hey, there's nothing wrong with Tom Brahman. I mean, I can eat that all every day, all day. But I like to see him get a, a better balanced meal throughout the day. So I've been cooking for him as well. He just has like really, um, you know, teenager taste. So he's not very adventurous a lot of the time. Yeah, they probably just want pasta or pizza. Something is like my goal too, right? Mm-hmm, for sure. Annie, a lot of people are watching your stories and your post feeds. I've actually seen recently you've been reposting. People have been trying out your recipes. So what advice can you offer to people who don't have a lot of experience cooking, but they want to get better? I appreciate everyone that watched my stories and are, you know, recreating my dishes. But I think my advice is stay true to what you have in your house. If this is all you have, make do with it. You don't need a lot of fancy appliances, fancy like bowls, cups, or like anything in your house to make a good, delicious dish. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm very, very grateful for what I have inside my home, but really just doing what you want and what you feel like eating. You definitely don't need a lot of experience. And I think a lot of you can relate. It's just by taste. Mm-hmm. You can make a scrambled egg in three different types of version. You know, you can make it an omelet, a regular scramble. You, just, you can put whatever you have inside your fridge. It doesn't have to be cherry cheese be like any cheese you have mm-hmm. you know basically you don't need a lot of experience to cook just keep practicing is what I would recommend yeah and I I agree with you about the equipment it, it's funny as much as I cook and I've been cooking for most of my life I don't own a KitchenAid mixer and I always think about getting one but the deal is is that there's no space in my kitchen for it and so I'm just like okay it's just going to be one more thing taking up space and like do I really need it and you know of course it'd be nice to have and to be able to roll out pasta instead of having to cut it by hand but I'm just like you know it's okay so I totally agree with you like you just make do with what you have and it'll all work out and and exactly. once you get the feel for it you know it'll, it'll come Exactly. I mean, I, I agree with you on the KitchenAid mixer. I mean, I'm glad I have one. But like for those that doesn't have a KitchenAid mixer, really, you can need you can mix all your ingredients using your hands. Mm-hmm. I make sure I put that on my stories in terms of when I'm cooking my KitchenAid. You can always do this with your hands. Yes, KitchenAid is there. It's great. It just makes everything much easier. But everything is doable with what you have in the space um, you're that's around you. For sure. And Annie, another thing I've been noticing is you've been sharing a lot of behind the scenes in your stories. So I've seen you, you know, you've been showing us, I think for the first time I've seen like your storage rack where you keep all your dishware for your photo shoots. Um, You've been showing some new surfaces that you've been getting. What do people need to get their kitchen Instagram ready? Definitely a couple of nice plates. 
for me, like you mentioned, yes, I've been showing a lot of my behind scenes on what I have around my house. I've been collecting all my plates and all of my linens um, for a very long time now. I'll like to say about maybe two years. And that's, it doesn't have to be an expensive bowl. People actually kind of freak out whenever I say, yeah, I get it from Crane Barrel. But you can actually find a really cheap plate or bowl at Crane Barrel for like $5. So really going out there, um, finding a couple of dishes that you like, playing with colors, and really doll it up, I would like to say, like, use what you have around your house and natural light. When photo shooting, I highly recommend using natural light. Yes, I have surface boards. Um, I'm just doing some fun, testing out some fun projects I want to do. Basically, natural lights and a couple of dishes and linens, and you're good to go. All right, Annie, we're coming to the end here. Uh, where can people find you online? Everyone can find me on Instagram of Annie underscore eats food or my blog, which I'm launching next week. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this blog for like six months, Annie. <laughs> it's crazy would work. And I'm very, very grateful for everyone that's been very patient and understanding. I had to change it up a little bit because I was planning to launch it last year before New Year's. And a lot of ingredients is based on the season. So mm-hmm. I had to change the dishes and basically save those for fall and winter this year. So a lot of new dishes coming and I'm excited. And that page is not going to be Annie underscore eats food. It through, it's through Annie's kitchen. Oh, awesome. Well, I can't wait to read it, Annie. Thanks for sharing that with us. Sneak peek, sneak peek. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Annie. Well, thanks for being on the show today. And I miss you so, so much, girl. Thank you. I miss you guys a lot. And I miss you a lot. Love. And that's our interview with Annie. Guys, be on the lookout this week for the much-anticipated launch of Annie's blog. It's called Through Annie's Window. Nelson, I'm so excited to see this. Monica, I was just looking through before the show, and I was like, I'm just curious. What has she made during the quarantine? Let me just name them. Name a few. And when I mean few, I'm going to mean I'm going to name over 10. <laughs> and this isn't like the whole list. She has made tiramisu, kachapuri, potsiu, focaccia bread, pancakes, grilled marinated pork chops, an Abe sandwich, which is avocado, bacon and egg, chicken shawarma euros, chicken pho, carrot rolls, shakshuka, pizza squares. And she just did a savory Dutch baby. Monica. I don't know. It's like, this is so many stuff and it's so diverse in terms of the menu. I'm like, okay, I have spinach. What can I make with spinach today? And then tomorrow I have spinach. What else can I make with spinach today? (laughs) Oh yeah. I still have eggs. We should use eggs. This menu here. I mean, what she's made is just so diverse and unique and different. The the key is pantry items, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's what you have in your pantry. And so, um, yeah. You need a more diverse pantry, Nelson. <laughs> I mean, I just think about like, I I only keep about like five different kinds of noodles around the house. Mm-hmm. But Annie must probably have 10 different kinds of noodles in her house. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, no. Now I'm thinking about how many noodles I have. I have one egg noodles, the Taiwanese guami noodles. I have rice vermicelli noodles, which is kind of the Vietnamese type. Mm-hmm. And I have spaghetti. And that's about four. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's way more carbohydrates than I really need. <laughs> oh, wow, I wasn't counting the pasta because I have like five different kinds yeah. of pasta lying around. Right. Because they are nudes, but I don't consider them nudes. 
Yeah. <laughs> One thing I haven't gotten into yet is baking. And the reason is I've just, I have it in my head where I don't have a KitchenAid mixer. Mm-hmm. I have a mixer. I have a hand mixer. Yeah. And I also don't have a food processor. I have a little mini chopper. Yeah. And I think it's just like, oh, I don't have that. So I guess I won't bake, but I have tons of flour. I don't have either of those things. And mm-hmm. just because I, I mean, I haven't been baking during quarantine, but but I usually mm-hmm. do bake a lot for the holidays. So, I, you know, I mean, KitchenAid mixer, it just takes up too much space and I don't have it. The only thing that I would need it for is dough. And seeing as I don't make dough very often, it's not a huge thing. Yeah. And I don't have a food processor either. I mean, I just think that there are so many like duplicative tools to it. I guess it depends on what you want to make, Nelson. You know, I mean, if you mm-hmm. want to make bread, then probably you probably need a dough hook, but I'm not making bread anytime soon. Not, not a yeast bread. So. Yeah. I tell you what, Monica, if you buy me a KitchenAid mixer, I will make you a Dalgona coffee. Thanks. <laughs> story, bro. <laughs> You think that's going to get on your birthday list? I'm not even going to see you for your birthday. So there. <laughs> Let's be honest. You're not going to drive all the way out to see me. So it's too far. It's across too far for you. No, man. I have stuff mailed to you. I had stuff mailed to you last week. It's true. It's true. Yes. Thank you, by the way, for the moon cheese. I totally forgot about it because I ate all of it almost. <laughs> They're pretty addicting. They are very addicting. I think I ate two bags in one day. Yeah, just, I was upset yeah. that my son found out what they were because usually if I don't want him to eat something, I'm just like, I'm just like, you you won't like this, and yeah, he usually takes like my it. word for it. But this time I said you won't like it. He goes, I don't really believe you, and I'm all, what? Did you, did you just call me a liar? And like my <laughs> your voice goes, did you call me a liar? <laughs> so yeah, he found them. That was kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're really good. Well, thank you so much for the gift. It's very nice. And- I really appreciate it. It's a really nice surprise, even though I had to let it settle because of cardboard, have it incubated for 24 hours and then lice all the whole thing. And then after that, use Clorox wipes on each package and everything like that. (laughs) This is our world now, Monica. This is weird. I know. It is totally our world. (laughs) When can we get back to like licking people's faces? (laughs) Not like that was ever a thing. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know. I think that's about it for our show today, Nelson. I think so. We've been rambling along. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. It's been a wonderful show. We're still going. Have a wonderful week. Is this week four or week five? I can't remember. I've lost count, Monica. Of I don't know. Stay at home. uh, Work from home for me started like a month over a month ago. So stay at home. So it must be week five right now at this point. (laughs) Nonetheless. I hope everyone's baking, cooking, making all fun recipes. In the meantime, happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.